2: The two guys who should have been the ones interviewing Vladimir Putin. What's up, kids? You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Rasputin-Cheeseman. This is Chad, one Arm bandit, so watch. And on this week's show, Bob buys a pinto, Jobster is back, and Neon Money Club <laughs> wants you to score. Let's do this. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that.
1: Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm,
2: nachos. <laughs> Welcome back, Chad. We missed you last week. For our listeners that don't know, man, what, 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 what was up? After
1: years of sports and military and fighting and all that shit, uh, my, my shoulders fucked up. I got a slap tear. I got uh, rotator cuff stuff. I need a bicep ligament thing. So Yikes. my doctor said, hey, you're, you're, you'll be good. You'll be good. Uh, but you'll probably have to get it done in 10 years. I'm like, oh, no, fuck that. I'm getting that shit done now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm getting it done now. So that's what I had done. And was this outpatient? Oh, yeah. That sounds like a lot of stuff. Bicep, shoulder. I, I came I came home. They did a shoulder block on me. So if you do any type of shoulder surgery whatsoever, if they ask you if you want a shoulder block, say yes. That's a, that's a definite. Um, but I, I had a shoulder block done. I came home. The shoulder block wore off. I thought I was going to be in major pain. I literally have not taken any pain meds. The modern medical... Establishment is 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 wonderful at least
2: right now. Knock on wood.
1: (laughs) But I want to thank uh, Serge for stepping in for me. That
2: was that that was nice of him on a short notice. Yeah. Did you appreciate his uh, Chad impersonation? I did. No, I appreciate that. Gotcha. So uh, a nerve block is what I should ask for. Yeah, it was just
1: literally they there's there's a bundle a nerve bundle there and they just hit Uh it with a bunch of you know. pain blocker
2: so so not the cock block is what you're saying
1: <laughs> no that's what hi, you're used to but no, i would go beyond that. <laughs> <yes.
4: laughs>
2: you're bad you're so bad you're so bad all right well i hope you're okay to watch the game oh yeah the big super bowl yep, it was good stuff. uh what was your what was your take america needs to know what uh, your takeaway was yeah. from the game?
1: Uh, my, I mean, my prediction was a lazy prediction twenty one twenty eight. Kansas City, uh, Kansas City ended up winning twenty two twenty five. It was a defensive yeah. struggle. The first quarter was brutal. I mean, they were filling each mm-hmm. other out. Uh, it was, it was like a first date. In a pinto, right? I mean, at the drive in, but Mahomes, he had 333 yards, eight different receivers. None of those receivers went over a hundred yards. Mahomes was mm-hmm. the, the, the rushing leader for Kansas City. Then Brock Purdy yeah. for the, for, for the 49ers, he had eight different receivers. None of them went over a hundred yards. McCaffrey didn't even get a hundred yards. So, I mean, that just told you how damn good those defenses were those quarterbacks yeah. pr- premier quarterbacks and i mean pretty pretty is he's a new kid right but he's playing damn good ball uh and uh and they had to do a lot and they had to use a lot
2: to be able to to, to win especially kansas city so game wise i didn't think it'd be high scoring i i, I predicted 24 21 so twenty two twenty five 25 is pretty damn close yeah. uh to being exact but I didn't – people were saying like 38 to 34. I said, I don't think it's going to be – these are good defenses. Yes. I just always thought that – and this is what the best quarterbacks do when the game is on the line, when, when it's like you got to get the first down, you got to yeah. get – what like Mahomes is that guy. Yeah. And when you said the rushing yards, it was that rush he had uh, on third down, I think, that really put him in position uh, to, to, to make the move at the end. So yep. it was a great game. You don't see many overtimes. That was awesome. There was a lot of a lot of criticism of Romo at the end, who started like mansplaining uh, <laughs> overtime and didn't give like the color guy the yeah. chance to really call the play sort of a la bird steals the ball or, you know, something like really historic. Uh-huh. So I, I was kind of funny for me. Uh, Romo wise. What do you think of the commercials?
1: You know what? I hated the fucking commercials, and here's why. It seemed like they never stopped. Is <laughs> like CBS was they, they were using they were using their commentators uh, yeah. and their early NFL show guys to do commercials too. So you never knew when you're in a commercial and you're like, oh fuck, it's another commercial. So it's like they never stopped. And and it's one thing that uh-huh. I that I've noticed in watching uh, a lot of, you know, European football is like they don't have commercials, hardly at all, right? So when they start watching American football they fucking freak out because it's nothing mm-hmm. but commercials. And that's what I felt like. I was like, Jesus, this is the first time I've actually watched a Super Bowl <laughs> where I didn't uh-huh. want to see more commercials. Usually I want to see the commercials because they're spending so much money, so much brain power. This time I'm like, fuck, this is horrible. Stop this. Just play the fucking game.
2: Well, again, that's defenses. So when it's all three and out, Ugh. you go to a commercial break and yeah. keep going to commercial yeah. breaks because the defense has played so well. <laughs> I, I agree that they just sort of bled together. Like I every time you looked up, there was more commercials. Yeah. Um there wasn't a lot of um, you know, oh I'm, I'm on I'm on the tip of my seat waiting for more commercials. But I will say mm-hmm. like I did love them the BMW walking, uh talking like walking. Yeah, and partly because yeah, yeah. he's, he's part of our show, <laughs> technically. I did love the uh the DeVito the Arnold reunion, all <laughs> the twins in the yes. uh state font fa- like a good neighbor yeah and then, like no it's neighbor neighbor. I, was no, neighbor, good. neighbor I felt i felt like bud light got it right with comedy that's what they should be doing uh making us laugh so the beer genie mm-hmm. and then they threw in peyton manning like they should have like he doesn't belong here but now he is as opposed to, like he's throwing bud lights to people and then i lo- i did love because you and i both really liked uh a few years back the uh audi commercial with oh, yeah. the girl who was the race car driver mm-hmm. like I certainly choked up, and this year uh, Dove had their Hard Knocks commercial where they talked about girls and being very conscious about what, the way they look and their bodies, yeah. And that forty five percent of girls leave sports by the age of four, uh, fourteen, and Stella yeah. <laughs> has has gotten out of volleyball, oddly enough, at the age of fourteen, yeah. And I know Emma also, at a similar age, got out of uh, of, of soccer, so yeah. So that kind of hit home for me, like, oh. Is it, am I missing something like, you know, obviously we're blind to everything. Uh, So I thought, oh man, was, is this a thing? So it got me really thinking, which most commercials do not. So (laughs) shout out to those commercials. Uh, The halftime show. I don't know what to think of that. It was, it was so over the top. I liked it, but then it was so over the top that I'm like, Damn! Just play the songs, man. Like he's on (laughs) roller skates. He's taking his shirt off. He's got like an AB shirt that
1: glows in the dark. I thought he's gonna totally bite it, dude. So when he came out at first and he had that like the the mic that he had on wasn't working, and then he did a a a change, and then he had a handheld mic because they're like your shit's not working. Here's a handheld mic. Then everything I think was awesome since then. Luda came on. I mean, you just had. I really liked it, and uh, you know, usually I'm not a big halftime. Show guy, other than Prince, Prince does his his halftime show was the best of all time period. But I, I
4: liked I liked it.
2: Yeah, if if you're gonna like do do one up on Usher and Skates, you got to do high heels with uh, with uh with Prince <laughs> in a rainstorm. <laughs> oh, like, dude, how he didn't slip blows me away. Fucking but, pro, uh, dude. I liked Legend. it because I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Yeah, usually on usually on these things like. I'll kind of look away, and if I know a song I like, I'll check it. Like, I, ha- I was glued. Who's next? Who's coming up? What's going to blow? Like, what's going to happen? So all around, it was uh, A-plus Super Bowl, I think, from the game to the uh, – you hate the commercials, so that'll be a-, a ding on you. But the halftime show was all, <laughs> it was all good. It was all good. It's like yeah. a weekly show of Chad and Cheese. Yes. But yes. you only get well, it once a year. I've
1: also gotten spoiled because when I'm when I'm in Europe, I, I watch all the games in their like encapsulated form on YouTube. So they're like 13 minutes long. Uh, and now I'm getting kind of like in that <laughs> no commercial kind of vibe. But yep. yeah, no, it was it was a great game. I, I really enjoyed the game. I love
2: defensive battles. All right, let's get to some shout outs. Shout we got out some show to do here, So uh, Sowash, and uh, there's a lot to talk about. I'm going to start with Waymo, Chad. Yes, uh, the, the robots, the automated uh, beings among us Imagine took another that. hit last week. Uh, Waymo, <laughs> the self-driving car owned by Google. I don't know if you saw this, was set on fire by some rabble rousers uh, in San Francisco. It's Lunar Lunar New Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco has a very large Chinese population. Apparently the the car got confused by the fireworks that were going off. I mean, ah. I can't blame the developers for not planning on fireworks and sort of planning for that, but the car stopped, got confused. People said, let's break windows, let's set fireworks off in wow. the car, which then <laughs> which then set the car on fire. And there's tons of images and video, like people were taking tons of video. Everyone was really good about hiding their face. So everyone's kind of onto the self journalistic uh uh trend that's going on yeah but damn waymo uh man that that sucks and we keep talking about this whether it's the janitorial walmart robot that, mm-hmm. that someone takes a louisville slugger to or the the wheeled uh food delivery robots that yeah. people steal food out of and take a bed and ride around town yeah. i mean this this is a problem This is a big problem. This is why we can't have nice things, people. It's exactly
1: why we can't have nice things. Son of a bitch, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you think robots are going to take over? I don't think so, because we got people with baseball bats. Uh, Okay, my shout-out goes to our favorite scott welcome to all things scottish our
3: slogan is if it's no scottish it's
1: crap. that is stephen mcgrath for starting a new position as product experience manager I have no fucking clue what that means at poetry on march 1st and i'd like to say adam gordon my friend for the love of god and all that's holy please get stephen off the damn couch
2: and get <laughs> him to work yeah, what's Steven's title again? How many bottles of scotch did they go through before Product coming up with that?
1: Experience
2: Manager. So
1: <laughs> PXM. <laughs> sure,
2: sure. I like it. Almost as good as uh, Steven McGrath's videos and getting him off the couch uh, in a new opportunity. It's free stuff from Chad and Cheese. Ooh, That's right, Chad. I like it. We're giving away T-shirts. We're giving away bourbon. Our friends at Kernel are sponsoring mm-hmm. that endeavor. Free beer, from uh, Aspen Tech Labs, uh, we got our winners from the month to to announce. We got John Middleton was our whiskey winner. Uh, Roy yes. Schumacher of Aaron is uh, the the beer winner, and Scott Stum celebrated a birthday this this uh, this month. Chad and uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but if it's your birthday month, you could win a bottle of rum from really? our friends at Plum. <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right uh-huh. now? I know I
4: can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Right.
2: Congratulations, Scott Stum, for winning a, a nice bottle of rum. You could be the next winner, but you got to play if you want to win. You got to head out to chadcheese.com and click the free link and fill it out. Fill out the form, and uh, there's your chance to win. Uh, also, celebrating a birthday this week goes to listeners Andrew Mall, Jenny, JCK, New Arth, Charles Brett, Laura Washington, Jim Carriger, Ted Grunwald. Nicole, Nancy McKeon, Farah Fawcett Reeves, Allie McBeal Murgess, <laughs> Kevin Burgess, Christy Turnley, and Charlotte's Webb Olvros, our friend out in Sweden, celebrating Happy a break. So uh, have one on us, everybody. Very
1: nice. Well, it's also time for events. We're getting ready to go out to Vegas for Transform March 11th through 14th. Mm-hmm. We're going to be at the Win. Uh, we're, we're talking about over 3,000 attendees, 100 plus investors, more than 500 startups, and over three. Hundred speakers. Not to mention, we were just talking about free. Oh, yeah. We're giving away free tickets. Five free tickets to transform. Just go to chadcheese.com and click on the win free tickets button. Oops. Winning. Win free tickets. Uh, and then register for free stuff while you're at it. Then we're going to Europe, Amsterdam, kids. Yes, we're hopping on a plane. And yes, this is the official e-recruitment Congress Kibu synthesizer playlist. (laughs) So on... Was Yon Mm -hmm. Hammer not available? Is uh (laughs) (laughs) that... I have to ask Levin. I have to ask Levin. (laughs) He's really excited that this synthesizer guy is going to Kibu. I'm sorry, Kibu (laughs) is going to close out the session. But on March 19th, it's the e-recruitment congress in Amsterdam Mm -hmm. where the knowledge will be flowing. And from my understanding, so will the Belgian beer that Levin will be bringing in a barrel or barrels. Mm. Uh, It's a full day in Amsterdam dedicated to filling your brain pan with knowledge around the AI shift in recruitment and technology. Just go to chadcheese.com slash events. And guess what? For that event, there's also a discount code. There is.
2: Yes. Where can I find that discount code,
1: Chad? He he wasn't very happy. Uh, (laughs) It's on chadcheese.com slash events. We made leave and give us a discount code. He was not Mm -hmm. happy. They're very frugal over there in Belgium. Just go to chadcheese.com slash events in the header. You're actually going to see the discount
2: code. Register. Use the discount code. Bam! Discount. We threatened to make him drink a Heineken in Amsterdam, and he said, "No, I'll give you the code. I'll give you the code. Don't make me drink a Heineken." Jesus. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> By the way, unleash, unleash, getting Magic Johnson to speak in terms of events. Like that's huge. That's big. That's huge. Can we get a? Can we yeah. get an interview with Magic? Oh. <laughs> Questions for magic.
1: I've got breaking news. I've got breaking news just coming over on the phone right Mm. before we started. Apparently, smart recruiters botched an acquisition. That's right. Smart recruiters botched an acquisition. I just received that news from several sources.
4: Acquisition
1: of smart recruiters last minute fell through. So to be clear, smart recruiters, the applicant tracking system uh, was uh, looking at being acquired by another applicant tracking system Hmm. and it fell through. So this literally just dropped in my lap and that's all the information I have. And we have reported that many key leaders on the smart recruiter staff have left over the past few months. So the question is, since this deal fell through, are they going to reorg? What are they going to do? Because they have to do something to pivot from this
2: th- th- this botched acquisition, right? So just to be clear, this wasn't an acquisition they made and announced, but then fell through no. in the final hour. This is, they were going to get acquired. Smart Recruiters is going to get acquired, which would have been yes. probably our lead story had that happened. And we don't no. know who it was. That no. was the acquirer. Oh. It was an, another applicant tracking system. That's and, all I know. And it wasn't a merger thingy where like two similar size said, <laughs> Let's snuggle up so yeah. the asteroid yeah. uh, that hit us can kill us more slowly. What do they do? I, I don't obviously I don't know what caused the deal to fall through. I mean mm-hmm. in these things it could be as easily as a personality difference. Um, so if the you know the business is, is okay and, and worth a look, there's no question these ATSs are going to consolidate. I mean, we're seeing it with lever. I mean, we're seeing this, it's going to happen, uh, you know, employ here at home with jazz and it, like it's going to happen. So someone's going to buy, they're not going to go public. They're not, they're not going to, uh, no. they're going to be acquired. It's probably more of a merger thing that's going to happen. I could be on, I mean, I had leadership change. So I don't, I mean, they have money, uh, behind them to do that. I mean, a work day, yeah, I don't know, but people are going to take these chess, these pieces off the board and smart recruiters is one of them. Apparently, it's going to happen eventually, whether it's this, this acquire or not.
1: Well, we will have more information, I'm sure, in coming weeks. But again, this literally just just hit my phone. So they wanted to be able to throw it out at the This listeners. is
2: rumor, right? Let's put that out there. It's nothing. This no, a, no news rumor, releases, but I've
1: got. I've got more than one source okay. that came to me with this information.
2: So All it right. is a rumor, although I have had several sources come to me with the information. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, maybe High Bob uh, bought or the deal fell through with them. That They're the first <laughs> news story, the official news story. So, so yes. Pinto, Copenhagen board, London-based payroll automation platform was acquired by High Bob. An Israeli-based HRIS, the terms of the deal remain undisclosed. The acquisition promises to create an all-in-one solution, streamlining the entire payroll flow and saving time for various teams. Founded in 2017, Pinto had raised around $54 million. Chad, what are your thoughts on Bob getting a brand-new Pinto? And a side note, I dated a girl who drove a Pinto in high school, and I got to tell you, the backseat is bigger than you think it would be. Just saying. (laughs)
1: It allowed for more junk in the trunk, from what I understand.
2: More cushion in my pushing. Here's a quote
1: from the article: The companies did not disclose the exact value of the purchase, but it is estimated to be around 40 million in shares and cash. End quote. So, as you had said, Crunchbase shows 54 million in total funding, 35 million in Series B. Uh, from Tiger Global mm-hmm. in December of 2021. Legit. And we're talking about an estimated 40 million shares in cash. So this looks to be a distressed company who needed a deal to make sure that the company could continue breathing. And Hi Bob seems to be the respirator for Pento. Uh, and let's face it, startups all over the globe are either approaching distress or they're in distress right now. And and, and here's a problem I saw with Pinto. Their core pricing was $5 per employee per month up to 30 employees max. So let's say that all 400 customers fit into that core pricing bucket. They probably didn't, but let's just say that. That's $60,000 per month, or I'm sorry, 60,000 pounds per month at 720,000 pounds per year, not even a million pounds per year. So from the TechEU article, quote, According to Pento, it reduced payment processing from weeks to minutes for more than 400 of its UK customers, end quote. So the list of Pinto deliverables for a company with 30 employees or less is long. Plus, you're reducing the payment processing for weeks to minutes and only for only 150 pounds a month. So I understand that companies create these three-tiered pricing systems with an almost free version. And then they try to entice customers to use their product, but but it costs the organization money to expend so many resources on that specific product, even if it's said to be quote unquote automation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to focus on actual products that drive organization toward profitability. So here's what I expect. I expect Bob to restructure pricing. They'll just go ahead and, and consume everything that Pento was. Uh, they will redistribute in new form and they will actually make it profitable for the organization. They have a large portfolio of companies that are already using the platform. This is going to be a new service. This is what I think. And they will make it so it's actually profitable. Where in this case, what I'm seeing from Pento is this was bargain basement shit, and it came and bit him in the ass.
2: Yeah, I think the payroll business really sucks. <laughs> Aside from background checks, it's a pretty shitty business that a few companies that are huge make margins on and make money on the paychecks of the world, the pay cores, etc. So, like out of the gate, it's a really tough business. I mean. 400 companies using it with this kind of investment money is not a huge amount of customers. No. We don't know what size no, no. those customers are. Yeah. So this was clearly a business that had, I guess, the eight ball uh, in front of it from the get-go. And when you look at High Bob, they, they probably needed this solution. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that they don't have yet. It's probably something mm-hmm. a few customers are asking for. They, can, they think they can move some people over. Um, they can probably move quite a bit of the of the Pinto folks over to Highbob, uh, the ones that are at least the bigger companies. So that's probably a good move. If they can get like 100 of those companies to become Highbob uh, customers, that'd be a good thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think we probably don't pay attention to or does have a huge impact is the fact that Highbob is an Israeli company. Yes. And, and Israel is, if you haven't heard, in a bit of a, a conflict uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, with within the region. And if you look at uh, High Bob's employees, they are largely Jerusalem, Israel, like that area. Tel Aviv. If they, and a lot of those people were probably uh, brought into service because I, I don't know the specifics of it. But if you're an Israeli citizen and there's a conflict, like you get pulled into the, the army in From some reserves. way, shape or form, the reserve. You can speak to that more than I can. But High Bob potentially lost some employees for a while. I bet this thing that they wanted to build was on the back burner the one country they have the the most sort of uh, synergies with is the UK in terms of right. employees, office space. So the, the easy thing was like, where in the UK can we get this service we want to build? Where can we get some talent? Because our talent is busy or the things are going on, there's volatility. They don't have a footprint in the US yet like they want. Uh, so that wasn't an option to me. So my take on this is like, Yes, we want to build this. Our talent is strained as it is. Uh, our resources are strained. Where can we go shopping to get people in a country we know and a service and and uh, solution that we need? And and Pinto uh, to me was probably the perfect fit. At like you mentioned. The perfect oh, yeah. price, the stars aligned, and, and the deal was done. Yeah,
1: and Pinto was a UK only organization, right? And I know yes. the UK is a country, but it, it's it's one country in Europe. Uh, so, again, I, I think we were talking, and again, this is my opinion, taking a look at the, the, the pricing models, monetization models, those types of things, the money they've taken, and then also their total addressable market being the UK, uh, and mm-hmm. then understanding the, the size of the SME market there in the UK, too. It just seemed like it, it, was, it was not born to succeed in the first place. And, and this is, if I have <laughs> any message to uh, startups out there, is if you are a technical founder, founder. That is fucking awesome. But get somebody in who understands marketing. Get somebody in who understands business models from a revenue standpoint because you can build all the most gorgeous shit all day. But if you can't freaking sell it and make a profit, you're fucked.
2: Yeah. And I don't think you can discount the pressure that like a a deal is putting on these businesses because people are looking at deals numbers and saying we need to like kick ourselves in the ass and get growing or we're going to fall behind the companies that are that are doing it well. So I don't discount the pressure. Uh, a company like Deal is putting on these businesses, uh, either. All right, Chad. It it must be earnings season because <laughs> we got some we got some quarterly filings that happened. Uh-huh. Recruit Holdings reported a one point five percent year on year decrease in revenue during the third quarter of twenty three due to a contraction. In hiring activities in the U.S. and Europe, revenue, revenue from the U.S. decreased by 17.7% year over year. Total job postings on Indeed declined year over year in the U.S. and many other countries where Indeed, where Indeed and Glassdoor operate, while job seeker activity as measured by traffic to and applies on Indeed and Glassdoor increased year over year. At DHI Group, the owners of Dice and Clearance Jobs, they experienced a 6.2% year-over-year decline in fourth quarter revenue, primarily driven by a 12.5% decrease in revenue from Dice, ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter releases next week, by the way. But wait, there's more, Chad. Ah, another there's one. There's more. Uh, Ronstadt reported an 8.6% year-over-year drop in revenue, blaming global economic uncertainty. U.S. revenue for Ronstadt fell by 15%. Canadian revenue by 11 And U.S. staffing slash in-house services down by 17%. Monster revenue, in case you were wondering, and I, I know that you were, <laughs> was down 12%. So, Chad, your take on the quarterly reports from some of our favorite companies? Yeah, I,
1: th- I think you know we were on a tech sugar rush, and you know I believe this is the the impact that you're going to see from the you know tech industry and job boards, and really just across the board, to be quite frank. So, Dice is obviously a pure play 1990s version job board that focuses on the tech the tech side of the house, so we can expect a hit from them. There's no question. I mean, there there is no innovation there. There's nothing but again. 1990s job board tech, so we can't expect any much more from them. So, if we're reading the tea leaves right from the Indeed side of the house, they recently expended resources to create a tech. Network. That makes me believe a good amount of the revenue is driven off the tech sector itself, uh, which would make sense because, you know, again, there's drops in revenues. Um, when you're getting higher prices for clicks on tech jobs than the rest of the jobs that are out there, and then you see it kind of like not really fall off a cliff, but they they come down, not just from the amount of jobs technically, but also the price per click. That's a bit, that's a big issue, right? So we're seeing a lot of these organizations, even Ronstad, let's say, where they were really milking it. They were milking this tech sugar rush. So this was to be expected. Are they still going to make a shit ton of cash and, and the CEOs make a, you know, drive Maseratis and yachts? They're going to be fine. OK, um, but at the end of the day, this was this was we saw a big tech sugar rush and now they're just coming off the, the tech sugar
2: rush. Yeah, there, there there's a lot going on here. And uh, the last time we talked about the quarterly earnings season, it was similarly ugly uh, for the job board space and those were investment discussions that we had but these are these are real numbers again these are like, Ronstadt is some serious decreases um in numbers so we have traffic going up revenue going down so that tells me that there's a lot of pricing pressure particularly probably from the programmatic players uh, from what I'm hearing. And anytime there's a middleman in business, it's a race to the bottom. And I think with programmatic, it's like, okay, where can I get the cheapest clicks possible? And it's just like this gradual race to how low can we go on, on those pricing. I also think that companies are getting better at looking at their current workforce, how do we upskill these folks? How do we get them in the positions that we're looking for? I really do think that companies are getting the fact that we have people. We need to do a better job of skilling them into new jobs. And I also think that companies are getting better about looking at their, their databases mm-hmm. and figuring out how do we find people that were silver and bronze medalists six it's months ago time. and bringing them in. <laughs> And bringing them as employees uh. so we don't have to post a job and go through the whole hiring and, and interviewing process. I think companies are getting sort of used to the fact that LinkedIn is going to be where we source some people. So before we post that job, let's look and see if we can find someone um, on LinkedIn. And I think big picture wise, we're seeing data that's showing that the the job hopping of the post-pandemic world where everyone was getting a 25% increase in pay, that that is slowing down. So people are staying at the job longer, they're not jumping ship as quickly as they used to. And I think that's having an impact on companies not having to post jobs as much as they typically would. And and ultimately, the four horsemen and other things nipping at the heels of the job board space continue to uh, to feed, if you will. We'll be right back.
3: Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the
1: computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to...
2: Pandologic.com. That's Pandologic.com. All right, Chad, uh, some economy news. Okay. And I interest you in in some of that. Mm -hmm. The Biden administration announced a $5 billion investment to support research and development in advanced computer chips. Despite local efforts to address labor market concerns, the U.S. semiconductor manufacturing industry faces challenges in attracting and retaining talent. The new initiative aims to reverse the industry's decline and boost domestic production of advanced semiconductors. But cool your jets, man. Companies are struggling to adapt quickly enough to a convergence of tech, generational turnover and things just moving too damn fast Chad to keep up with all these demands about 44 percent of workers in a recent study have skills that are set to be disrupted in the next five years again that's 44 percent that are going to be disrupted and about 60 percent of workers will require training in the next three years this all seems bad to me Chad but but what are <laughs> what are your thoughts
1: well first off let's let, let's hit up the, the the US government side of the house which is doing exactly what it should regarding research and development Development and innovation, much like the US government and DARPA created the internet. Yeah, the US and DARPA did that, kids. It's interesting that people everywhere forgot that the current velocity of today's technology can be pinned directly to the U.S. government creating the internet, which not only, you know, helped the U.S. economy explode, but economies across the entire globe. So that's what a government's supposed to do, right? And that's exactly what's going on. Now, this leads to some of the bigger problems, which you talked about, the skills gap, because we can have tons of great jobs, but if we don't have individuals with the skills to pay the bills, to, you know, the jobs to design and produce and sales and customer service and profits are going to happen, right? So yes, the linchpin for all of this to work is the American worker who has the skills to pay the bills. So this is on you, talent acquisition. This is on you, not just focusing on your current uh, talent acquisition opportunities and also talent management opportunities. You have to think out of the box and, you know, maybe even focus a little bit more heavily on training and pay money for that. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here comes Uncle Joe to the rescue. The National Semiconductor Technology Center is being funded through the Chips and Science Act. The center will help to fund the design and prototyping of new chips. That's cool. In addition to what? What? Training workers for the sector. Uncle Joe companies say they need skilled workers in order to capitalize on separate on a separate $39 billion being provided to the government or by the government. I'm sorry, to fund new and expanded computer plants. So here's uncle Joe to the rescue. The the question is, Oh, this is such a game. It drives me fucking crazy. It's like the government comes and bails out the organizations which is exactly what's happening here. We're going to spend money to, to, to train the people to do the shit that you should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. And then later we'll talk about overreach and we'll talk about how the government needs yeah. to stay out of our stuff. There's got to be some type of balance that's happening here um, because every time the gov- government comes into play, it seems like they're bailing you out. The companies who are making historic profits are getting bailed out.
2: I think that uh, my take on this is it's it's trying to speed up the clock. We have we have geopolitical issues with China. Uh, Taiwan is the major producer yeah. of a certain chip that the world needs to do all this AI stuff. And if Taiwan goes under for some reason, uh, the free world is kind of in a pickle, uh, to say the least. So the government does what government does. They go, OK, China's a threat. If Taiwan goes away, we're in trouble. So let's pass a bill that says we're going to fund companies, setting up shops, setting up chip making, setting up technologies here in America, which is all good, political political, uh, fodder for people that love that stuff. We're going to set up a warehouse or a building in Ohio, and they're going to love it. (laughs) And companies are going to get behind it, and it's going to be great PR, and they're going to get their picture in the local paper, and people are going to love it. And then they found out, oh, shit, we don't have people to do the jobs that we are paying the businesses to stay in the country. So the companies go to government and say, OK, we help us get people help us get like what's going on. And and unfortunately, Taiwan was a source for early employees. It was like, let's get some visas to these Taiwanese. because
3: well, they were cheap. And That's lo and why.
2: behold, Taiwan <laughs> Well, Taiwan yeah. has their own mm-hmm. challenges to to fill uh, seats in in yep. these organizations. So it's like, okay, well, we can just wait twenty years and f- fill the jobs that we have. And deal- well, we don't have that much time, right? So government, the good part of government is like, let's speed up the clock. Let's let's gin this thing up. Let's inject some cash, and let's get people excited and and uh, energized around this mm-hmm. initiative. The specifics are pretty sparse exactly what are we going to do, but uh, dude, I'm all for the onshoring or reshoring of chips and technology and robotics and all that stuff. Because if we rely on China or places that are dangerous, like that puts us in a dangerous place and I'm not down for that. So to me, this is a, this is a security issue more than it is like, let's bail out the banks or let's bail out the car companies. Like to me, this is a genuinely uh, important issue in terms of the security of the country. I don't know how you feel, but like to me, this is five billion on our security, not five billion uh, to bail out companies and and it's just. But it wasteland. totally
1: is because when we take a look at uh, when the pandemic happened, we had uh, automakers, we had companies, obviously who did ha- they had no contingencies in place at all. They had one place to get one part, right, and that part or that chip they needed to run the entire. System uh, on, on a car or who, what have you, right? Yeah. So we're actually doing business in an incredibly ir- irresponsible way. Although making a shit ton of cash that's going directly to the C suite, going to the shareholders. So as we talk about economics and workforce economics, this is a pure bailout of irresponsible corporate
4: dealings. Okay, period. You want- Crazy speaking pills.
2: of crazy pills chad they're back jobster yeah i said jobster first made famous in the mid-2000s behind eccentric founder jason goldberg is back from the dead. The domain was sold around 2010 to a company called Zapoint, which is now a holding page for a WordPress blog, quote-unquote, about philosophy. Somewhere around 2018, Zapoint shut things down and it lay dormant until now. Visitors at Jobster.com are met with the words, quote, welcome to Jobster, the world's first first Predictive job advertising platform open for early access registrations now in quote All signs seem to point to a new programmatic ad solution but who the hell knows Chad what are your thoughts it feels like ghosts of Christmas past
1: here. Uh, Jobster at one time went through like I, I don't know twenty iterations of of what it could be, but that's back in you know two thousand four to two thousand eight, the prior version of Jobster. Um, uh-huh. Programmatic distribution, real time bidding, matching—I have no fucking clue. We'll see when it comes out. But I wanted to use this 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 time for a little story time because we both have
2: we both have. Okay. Uh, history with, with Jobster. Come, come along, kids, and hear a story from your grandpa. Dad. So
1: 2004 to 2008, Jobster received about $54 million in funding. And that was a lot back then. Which was massive back then. No, that was a lot back that then. That was massive. So yeah. after the 2006 raise of about $18 million, um, Jason Goldberg, the CEO, called me one day. I was the VP of Direct Employers Association. And he was totally drunk on this new funding. Right? I mean he he thought he owned the world, which you know I I totally get And he said, okay Chad, they're at Direct Employers Association. I want to know how much it's going to take to buy you. And I said, Jason, you can't buy us. We're a non nonprofit consortium of, you know, and and he didn't want to hear that. So he pulled the Karen, let me talk to your manager. So he wanted to talk to the executive Mm -hmm. director. And it was just funny that we're seeing what we've seen now, a lot of these companies who are now considered unicorns who are drunk on the cash. Some of them are not doing so well. And we saw this Back in 2007, 2008. And it's not just because the founder was, you know, all over the place. That was part of it. Mm-hmm. But it it seems like when you don't have focus and you're not managing your money and you've got your burn rate through the fucking roof, shit's going to go bad. And that's what happened at Jobster.
2: Yeah. Uh, everyone from that time period has a Goldberg uh, story. <laughs> uh, I have many, but I, I will say that he was. So I, I was blogging at Cheesehead at the time. Yep. And you guys had me come down, direct employers, uh, to your annual meeting, which was like in the basement of uh, Treasure Island, (laughs) which were the good old days for sure. Yeah. But Goldberg spoke and I said at the time, hey, can I record you? And he's like, sure, no problem. So I had like this big Panasonic you know, camera at the time and I taped him. And this is his famous like monster is NASCAR, monster is a shit product. He like totally killed, killed monster in his presentation. I, I had it all on tape. It's still out there, actually. You can go to YouTube, I think, and search Jason Goldberg. Monster is a crap product and see the video. Uh, but my site traffic and and my brand uh, took a spike up in, to the right uh, when I published that video. But yeah, the dude, he was a dick to employees. Uh, the The alumni of the old jobster are really successful now um, yeah. to many degrees. Now, Great if talent. you're wondering about Jason, Jason is now peddling Web3 stuff uh, at a company he founded called AirStack. He's still getting funding. It's very humorous. If you look at his LinkedIn profile, you know how if, if a company has a logo, it's on LinkedIn and the logos there and then the yeah. company and if it's no company or the company's like gone or whatever there's just a building icon yeah most of his things are the building icon because the companies <laughs> that he founded and ran <laughs> into the ground um, don't ex- don't have pages anymore yeah so so to present day here I did a little bit of digging this is a, a company on uh, in the Netherlands apparently bought this thing um, it's a, it's a group of three guys they have sites like jobbird student job Uh, They're behind a company called Young Capital and Mm -hmm. a tech accelerator called Dash. But really, we don't know a whole hell of a lot. We'll just have to watch how this thing plays out. My guess is these guys have no clue about the history of the domain that they purchased. Oh, no. They probably got on a secondary market, said, oh, Jobster, that's kind of cool. That sounds good and bought it and have no idea what kind of debt uh they're dealing with but yeah it'll be fun to see this thing come to life or not i don't know netherlands maybe uh maybe they'll have some um you know kibu on the site when you go to come to the e
1: recruitment congress and uh, let's uh <laughs> let's sit down for a chat all
2: right god let's let's take a quick break from all this nostalgia
3: and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
2: All right, Chad, are you ready to score? Ready to score big? All right. Neon Money Club. I have no clue what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if What? If you see a company called Neon Money Club, uh, hide your wallet and clutch your pearls. Anyway. They're a fintech platform and they've launched a new dating app called Score, which requires users to have a credit score of at least 675. Users will be able to apply for access and those denied will be directed to resources to improve their financial literacy and credit scores. Well, that's nice of them. That's nice of them. The app is only available for a limited time and has received mixed reactions, as you can imagine, due to its exclusionary nature, with some viewing it as aspirational and others seeing it as perpetuating class divides. Neon Money Club has raised over ten million dollars in venture capital and is the first black-owned tech business to launch a credit card with Amex. Chad, are you ready to score, or is this thing an air ball? So, did I, I get this right? This is this is a dating app, a
1: matching on credit score. Is you that, can is only that what join
2: if you have a certain credit score or above, which is six seventy.
1: Which is a dating app, though, right? Yes. Okay. What's this saying about our society? Right. I mean, we're we're a society that's in debt more than ever before. Um, we're a society that, some cases, have to have two to three jobs just to make ends meet. And then we talk about Instagram and social media, which is bad for for kids and their self esteem. Now, newly mm-hmm. minted adults who are deep in debt are being rated on something as arbitrary and bullshit as a credit score, as a means to, means to tell whether you're going to be a good mate or not. I mean, it just I just don't understand how these ridiculous ideas get any money whatsoever. It, it's crazy. I mean, th- this is, I think, an example. What is, there's so many things that are at a right about the entrepreneurial spirit in America, right? Mm-hmm. But then you sure. take about, you think about what's wrong. Here it
2: is. Here it is shit that should never ever exist. Guess what? Here it is. So it's not a new idea. Exclusionary. Um, There's a, there's a dating site called the league, which is mostly Ivy league uh, graduates, sort of a sub sort of an upper crust. Now you, you get on a waiting list with them and they, they approve you or not, Mm -hmm. which tells me they're probably letting a lot of women in and like, only guys that have ivy leagues and and whatever of course so i mean i mean look it's no secret uh women are looking for a guy who is financially secure cancel me or whatever but like that is that is something that women probably look for dude at 20 were you financially secure no fucking way i wasn't even finish my thoughts man i wasn't either let me finish my thoughts (laughs) So, so yes, like they're going to exclude a lot of 20 somethings yeah. uh, for sure. Not cool. And maybe that's their goal. Maybe their goal is like, okay, all these young guys that are horny, they're going to fail the test and we're going to funnel them into our financial services uh, funnel. Maybe that's it. And that's kind of like, uh, I mean, a bit of a, an evil genius kind of thing, if you will. Boner killer. Boner killer. But look, dude, I mean, Tinder is built on what I look like kind of my basic interests and if there's a, a physical thing then i'm going to swipe right and see what happens i can't imagine the, the i mean you're getting no one's going to choose someone just because of their credit score like <laughs> you can't be a troll yeah and have an 800 credit score get and like pull chicks like that's just not mm-hmm. how this shit works so so i don't know man <laughs> this is going to be like uh there was an app called people back in the day where you could rate Individuals uh-huh. like professionally, yeah, and it was like Yelp for people, and everyone hated it, and it didn't work, and now it's gone. I assume that <laughs> dating by credit score uh, is not going to be a thing. I just hope that Apple podcasts never require a, a, a certain credit score for, <laughs> for this show <laughs> because the money is funny and the credit don't get it on Chad and Cheese. You know what I'm saying? We, we out.
4: Thank you for listening.